Hello, uh, this is the Little Mental Health Project. Welcome back to season three. It's been a whole year since I last recorded and I'm glad to be back. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on the time that you're listening. Uh, we are recording in the middle of the day and not at the crack of dawn as usual. And today I am joined with... <laughs> Hi, my name is Maiwa Tuerima. Hi, Mai. Uh, Mai is going to be my co-host for this entire season three and hopefully for the next seasons to come. I am super excited. And um, this, 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 this podcast, well, the first podcast out uh, is about World Suicide Prevention Day, which falls on the 10th of September. And World Suicide Prevention Day was started by the International Association for Suicide Prevention to give people an opportunity to raise awareness of suicide to promote preventative measures. And this year, the theme for uh, World Suicide Prevention Day is creating hope through action. Thank you so much, um, Carlina, for sharing. I actually wanted to share some of the, the stats that I actually just came across, which I found to be quite quite scary actually because I didn't know that we actually lose over 800,000 people to suicide every month that people succumb to suicide every sorry every year every year and also I didn't know that it's the leading cause of death for men under 50 I don't know if you have any other statistics that you can share with us because these are actually they're they're mind-blowing this, those are really scary numbers. In every 40 seconds, someone succumbs to suicide. That's that's crazy. And um, before before I came on here, I was just trying to do like a lot more research. Um, I remember putting out a podcast last year uh, on World Suicide Prevention Day, but like I didn't I didn't have the numbers that I have. Like the things I'm looking at now to say that 77 percent of the suicides occur in low low and middle income er, in income countries. Countries. That's that's I think according to to the studies that were done in in 2019, and right here in Malawi, last year um, due to COVID, we saw a rise of 57 percent increase in uh, suicides uh, because of COVID, and like mostly. Uh, I was just reading up on on some papers that people published. Uh, it said that uh, the reason the, the leading cause of uh, men mostly because the majority of the of the people that were succumbing to suicide have been succumbing to suicide in Malawi globally really have been men and uh, mostly it's because of uh, you know emerging life stresses and uh, finances because you know how a lot of people were let down from their jobs so it's, it's a lot to manage and because you know how mental health or basically just talking about feelings and emotions is something that's sort of like a taboo in this country it's 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 it was very very hard for like you know men to talk about things and hence the number of them succumbing to suicide being significantly higher than than women i don't know what do you think about um women and like how they process their emotions differently from men that uh, makes their their suicide the suicide rate in that gender lower than than uh, men um you know what i'm not i find as women we're more we're more outspoken when it comes to our emotions yeah. whereas with men mm. it's harder to actually express when you're when you're facing difficulties because because of how we grow up when you express that you're struggling mm. it's seen as a sign of weakness mm. when an actual fact is just listen this is a fact with with this particular situation i'm struggling i'm not doing well yeah. that does not in any way mean that they that you're weak or mm. anything because life is it's it's up and down mm. and part of part of the human experience is to also experience those ups and downs just that when we're not equipped as mm. a I'm going to speak we're speaking about Malawi but we're not equipped as a country to obviously the 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 gender roles etc um to actually 
what we expect of our men is that they're providers, they're protectors, they're, they're, they're able to handle it all. When in actual fact, no, they struggle. You know, yeah. then when we hear of people committing suicide and it's, it's, it's shocking to us. And what I do want to, um, actually ask is <laughs> if you can actually just maybe let me know a little bit more about your experiences as in what you know, obviously about suicide, et cetera, because I need a bit of schooling myself in the yeah. area. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like my experience with suicide is not that is not that great. So I, I don't know how. What can you What can you share with me just to kind of educate me a little bit more? Ah, uh, all right. Um, oh, look, look at you dubbing me the suicide expert. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 I know this is your area. Yeah. Uh, so I. Oh my goodness. It's 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 very saddening to be honest. Um because other than those that actually succumb to suicide, there's an even higher rate of people that do not succeed at you know at at uh, succumbing to suicide. So basically for every suicide there are many more people who have attempted and that are left with uh disabilities from uh from um attempting suicide and and like according to to the World Health uh, Health Organization like well basically suicide uh, embodies mental health according to the World Health uh, Organization um uh it is the number one leading cause of disability in the world meaning to say that uh let's say for instance okay i will share my story in due course as we continue but i just also wanted to quickly point out uh on something that i i recently came ac- across um with regards to our, our constitution and how our laws work surrounding you know mental health i feel like there isn't a lot that is happening there that uh protects people granted the um section 228 of the Malawi penal code um deals with uh, abatement of suicide uh basically saying that any person that procures another person to kill himself or counsels another person to kill themselves and aids another person into killing themselves commit a felony and shall be liable to imprisonment for life which to a certain extent i agree with but then it goes on to say in section 229 that any person who has attempted suicide or has attempted to uh, to kill themselves can be arrested and it's it's of course it's a misdemeanor but like you know someone is attempting to like kill themselves i i don't think what you should be doing is cuffing them you know they they no. go on to say well we're trying to protect them from themselves but like how is this really helping them because like like we said uh it normally boils down to uh mental disorders and like you know like stresses and like there's a crisis you don't know how to deal or process with whatever whatever it is that is going on in your life so it's a very difficult place to be in and only after that think, instead of yeah go ahead sorry sorry i think that's actually pretty scary because hmm. it would i think that would perpetuate shame you yes. know that would only make the the situation and the individual feel worse because if you're imprisoning somebody they're already going to feel they're already going to feel so many negative emotions about themselves what mm-hmm. they need is help mm-hmm. you know they need to be institutionalized not mm-hmm. imprisoned yes. unless the, imprison, uh, the the prison system has a facility mm-hmm. where they where they have access to mental health um facilities I don't know. I don't know how far that would work, but I don't actually think that's the case. But yeah. if we're going to imprison an individual that attempts suicide, I mean, I, I understand it's like you said, it's the the misdemeanor aspect. But I think I think the laws and the constitution needs to go further, and I actually consider that we need more in place to actually address the root cause. Well, to address obviously the symptoms, but as in why and how can we deal with this? Yeah, in an act, like in a, in a in a constructive way. Yeah, to to find like a holistic way to like uh, deal with with the with the whole problem, because uh, for someone to like go to the extent of wanting to commit suicide, that means they aren't seeking help, and 
normally people don't seek help where there's a lot of stigma one and two where there isn't a lot of facilities and we can all like my between you and i we we both know that in malawi that's that's very tricky that they're trying now compared to like a couple of years back like there's a lot more like mental health practitioners there's a lot more places where you can get psychological help but then these these places are pricey one not everyone can afford them yeah and um i know there's a clinic at 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 queens yeah but it's it's quite busy you know it's it's just a few people that are working there and the fact that everyone gets to see you most people don't want to go because uh andwanangandinewamisala because that is what exactly. mental health is 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 translated as in in this country so mm. it's really really uh it's something that really saddens me and it's something that really mm. saddens me and um it's it's completely personal for me because i i i am someone who um has attempted suicide before and um it, i'm here speaking that means i did not succumb to suicide so i know i know yeah i know exactly um how lonely and 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 and, and depressing and, and sad those places are. to be in a place like that to be in a place where you think oh gosh i i can't mm. i can't do life like i don't want to do this you know that's why i'm 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 super ex- not excited but um i like the 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 theme for this year saying creating hope through action like what action are we doing you know to continue to raise more yes. awareness to continue to make this an ongoing conversation that makes it easy for people to be able to talk to one another that makes it easy for people to be able to help people that are struggling like you and I are here talking about this today creating hope through action so i just I don't know why. I just, I just, I just feel like I am all over. No, I hear you. I, I honestly want to thank you. I want to really, really thank you for your vulnerability because I don't think that's an easy. That's not. That's not easy to share. Um, so thank you for your vulnerability. I don't know if you you don't mind answering a few questions. Um, but when this did happen, or maybe you can just speak broadly as well. Yeah. How did you? I mean I came across some literature that says when you get to that stage where you actually um do attempt mm-hmm. um there 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 three feelings that you will feel that will be overpowering and that's the feeling that you're completely alone yeah. and the feeling that you're a burden and the feeling that it's all hopeless as in nothing can improve for you yeah. is is are those the three things that you'd say that you felt um obviously i know it's a personal thing mm-hmm. so you don't really have to share your personal experience but broadly would be okay as well yeah well um i would honestly say that i felt all those things and i think on top on top of that list is where you feel like you're a burden because i think um for those that are just starting to listen to just starting to listen to the podcast now uh, i've shared in my previous podcast that i i I I was diagnosed with um I am clinically depressed. I I have I suffer from severe anxiety and also PTSD. Uh so I have struggled with like mental illness for like a very long time. You know, I have lived with depression for a very long time. I have lived through life having panic attacks and trying to hide not knowing what to do. Granted I have I have an amazing support system like I I have amazing people in my life who like you know who drop everything to just come and like help me get through my panic attacks you know help me get through my disassociative episodes but as a person you know as a human being you start to feel like oh my goodness like i can't keep doing this to them you know so you get to a point where you're like you have the support granted you have the support you have people who like support you and care about you but as a human being as a person individually you start to feel like oh goodness like i'm such a burden i should just you know maybe if i died then these people don't have to always come rushing you know to help me you know So then you start to like you start to keep things to yourself which I would advise anyone not to do because I think when people commit to saying they're going to help you they're here for you they're going to support you um be able to like trust them enough to like reach out to the people you love when you need them you know or the people that have 
consistently shown that they care for you and um they want to be there for you and also speaking of people care, caring for you and being there for you uh considering it's a mental health issue it's also very very important to actually really really just uh speak to the people that you really trust because over the years i've i've experienced um through the podcast and uh before the podcast i used to blog through the uh the blog i've experienced people like shaming me and like you know subjecting me to like a lot of stigma surrounding just the mental health in itself even though like i function normally as a person you know uh some days are bad some days like some days are good but i think if you've met me you'd go like oh she's a pretty normal person we like hang out and like you know she's laughing we're having a good time but uh people will still use that against you let's say for instance if they they offend you and then you call them out on their offense they will use your mental illness against you to say oh no but you know it's because you suffer from depression so you're probably taking this the wrong way mm-hmm. or you're overly sensitive or you're like overly emotional so in as much as you know you want to be vulnerable you also like just know who to be vulnerable to and um the 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 right people the people who have consistently shown you that they are mature enough and compassionate enough to be able to handle your vulnerability without using it against you because that that is another thing that will push someone to to the edge like i come to you and i say why this is what i'm struggling with this is what is going on this is what is going on with me and then you decide the next time you do something hurtful or you decide like tomorrow you're just going to sit down and like you know talk about what i'm struggling with with another person which in in the end ends up shaming me and like you know shame as as human beings is something that we have a hard time dealing with or processing and that could potentially leads to um another human being or let's just since we're talking about me that could potentially potentially lead to me then thinking oh man I'm not worthy like this is not going to get better you know people don't even care about me like I thought this person cared and they're going around you know mm-hmm. sharing what is going on so I'm just going to like put an end to this and it's it's a very sad and, and lonely place and and lonely um lonely in a sense that um you feel like even the people that care for you don't care for you even when they do and and that's that's the other thing about like living with a mental illness your mind is constantly trying to especially anxiety like it it embodies a lot of fear and your mind is constantly trying to convince you of things that are not real you know you start to feel like people don't love you you know people care about you and sometimes there's no black and white there's no gray area for you all you see is black and and white my didn't call me today she must not love me <laughs> you know when when that is when that is yeah. not the truth when when that is not the truth at all so if you're done asking me questions i'd like to throw some right back at you <laughs> because i feel like um okay. maybe i I've got one other actually. okay <laughs> yeah i've got one other i love what you've shared that's so detailed <clears throat> i really love that um but you spoke about having like a support system you've got an amazing support system and we thank god for that like i i know firsthand that having a support system is is crucial you know yeah. to to getting better and to getting healing but they're genuinely people that don't have support systems True. that don't have um family or close friends trusted close friends and then also there's just the fact you know there's just that thing of you know having friends or, or or even family members that don't know how to handle it so they may be trusted you may trust them but then there's the aspect of because they may not be equipped to handle or they may not be equipped to yeah just to handle or give you the necessary care and then they may go out and 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 um share with others how does one handle so there there are two aspects there how does one handle knowing who to share with because others may not be equipped they'll go out maybe seeking information or maybe just wanting to to offload because the toll of handling it as well may may be a lot on them so there's that and then there's a second thing what would someone do if they don't have a support system as well you know <laughs> um well <laughs> Yo, I I can't I can't imagine existing in a world. I I can't imagine what my world would have been like 
if not for my support system. And um, I'll just also quickly touch on how it took me a very long time to actually start trusting people with uh, with my emotions and my problems, you know, surrounding my anxiety and, and, and you know, and my, and, and my panic attacks and just basically like not being able to like process my emotions as well as, as the next as the next person yeah so um in within my support system i actually have people that i have noted over time unfortunately it's it's a trial and error <laughs> it's a try and error uh, type situation because you have to learn through experience how how someone is going to like you know run with your with your struggle run with your vulnerability uh like like what we're doing here we're being vulnerable now and like we're going to put this podcast out in like um a few hundred people are going to listen to it a thousand people are going to listen to it depending on the number of people that have clicked on the link to listen to it and um among those people granted they're not my support system because it's an audience because i'm trying to raise awareness you know amongst those people are going to be people who are going to perceive this as a way to like try and help those that they see that are struggling or to be a lot more compassionate and then there's going to be a certain group of people uh that is going to use this exact podcast against maybe you and i depending on what we've shared you get what i mean so it's it's a learning experience like i've had people in my family that i trusted you know and uh i ended up realizing that oh i i i can't trust you with this information you know i can't share this information with you you know i can't come and cry to you because you won't understand what that means it doesn't mean they're not a good person like but you say they're just not equipped you know with the methods of how to handle uh such a problem and because also in our culture like emotions and feelings and like please love me tell me you love me tell me you care about me that's that's not very common especially for the generation before us you know it's maybe us that are like a lot more expressive of love and like you know uh, a lot more thoughtful and considerate uh, about other people's emotions but our our parents the older generation not so much So I guess conversations having conversations like this uh putting out podcasts like these uh, I mean talking about mental health and making sure that you try to be as vulnerable as possible without necessarily also putting yourself on the line to like get hurt because it's very easy for someone who's not equipped with dealing with that kind of a situation to hurt you without knowing that they're hurting because in their head they're like ah why would you just cry about this so then why are you failing to breathe can you breathe like i'm panicking okay <laughs> i am i am having a panic attack I, I, i'm not choosing not to breathe so it's it's very tricky yeah. and that there's a lot of work that needs to be done all around it's it's a lot of work that's why we need to keep having this conversation that's why we need to keep talking about this continuously consistently until and also like you got the government like like we just spoke about uh we just spoke about people getting arrested for attempting suicide you know it's stuff that we need mm-hmm. to continue lobbying for so that mental health is considered a primary health concern in the country okay granted physical health is considered a primary health concern but like it, it's it's still like it's still not there like you know we're not looking out for our people as well as we should be looking out for our people mm-hmm. i feel like i've been talking for a very long time <laughs> no 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 but the thing is everything you're sharing is so informative mm-hmm. and you're educating us as well mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i just have one more question i promise okay. then it then it'll be more like a conversation mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. i mean just having gone through my own issues but um these are just other issues maybe to do with like substance abuse and all yeah. of that over drinking um and coming back from that and just kind of you know practicing sobriety but my path was so difficult mm-hmm. um and i mean obviously that's not to downplay any mental health part but mm-hmm. i know if i had gotten to a stage where i tried to commit suicide your mental health would have deteriorated so much you mm. know um i mean just going through my own thing my mental health deteriorated and just coming back from that has been so hard you know mm. so what does coming back from 
from a suicide attempt look like because uh, for your mind to go there you know that's that's you need to take care of your mind moving forward you know how do you do that what does it look like like what what does it look like in practice in in life you know just taking care of your mental health so your mind doesn't go there anymore i don't know if you've you've answered it already maybe through the through the conversation we've had but if you can maybe just zone in on it a bit more because i would really like to know because there'll be days sometimes i'll be feeling really you know when you get in your own head yeah. you know and you're thinking all these things and and but there there and i don't know if this is the right language to use as well i would need to also be educated but there 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 are others where their mind will, will go down the suicidal thought route and there are others that won't do you get yeah. what i'm saying so yes. for something that has that um susceptibility to to their mind going down the suicidal thought route how does that look how do you help yourself in practice how do others help you yeah i don't know if you can answer that Yeah, I can. I sorry, I'm kind of losing you. Can you please repeat your question? Like just to the very end where you said how do you Okay. Okay. I think I I think I get what you were asking. So, um wow. Um <laughs> that's a loaded gun. Thank you very much. Oh man. Thank you very much firstly for your vulnerability. I um for sharing, you know, a bit about your struggle with uh, substance abuse. Um I'm not sure I get your question right but I'm going to answer it in the way that I think I sort of kind of got what you were trying to ask. Mike, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. So as as I was saying, for me, um I have learned that um I think I I don't know if I touched on if I'd said to you uh, thank you very much for your vulnerability for being able to like just share a bit uh, just to mention a bit on your struggle with uh substance abuse um I would say that for me what I have learned over time is to because normally what depression would do to you is you know keep you in bed keep you um and for lack of better words incapacitated in in a sense to say you don't want to do anything you don't want to get up you don't you don't feel motivated you're not inspired to do anything you just want to stay in bed and not feel and not do anything and just you know basically stay sleeping you know so for me what i have learned to do over time and also mostly with the help of therapy let me just mention that uh, i did start going to therapy over time um I met an amazing therapist who after, you know, uh different trials and errors because I'd I'd met others before the the one that I finally settled on and also I was seeing a psychiatrist for like for for like a while and what I learned mostly from the two of them is to be able to like from each one of them really I can't I can't dismiss the other therapists that I'd met prior to meeting the 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 one I was seeing which is Dr. Haiki. Uh, she's not in Malawi at the moment, but I hope she can return soon because she's she's absolutely amazing. Uh what I learned was to be able to mostly from um Dr. Liwimbi. Dr. Liwimbi is is a psychiatrist. She yeah. So as I was saying, I don't know like I said uh previously, I don't know how much before I got disconnected. I don't know how much of what I was saying you were able to hear. Um surrounding uh my coping mechanisms in like where i learned the coping mechanisms i didn't hear much um you had started with i well the bit you were talking about was when you had a good therapist okay all right so i had a really good therapist mm-hmm. and a really good psychiatrist um my my therapist was dr haiki um franklin haiki mm-hmm. she's she's german um amazing amazing therapist prior to her i tried other therapists who i'm not going to mention uh but it, there was no chemistry there it just it just wasn't working for me and someone had said to me like if you're going to go in therapy you need to sit and talk with someone who actually you know sees you you know not to say that i want to be friends but you know someone who um whose compassion you can you can like you can feel someone who makes you feel safe and comfortable so dr franklin haiki yeah made me maybe feel those things and also my my psychiatrist dr lewimbi was amazing 
Ah, she's she's an amazing an amazing person and from her like um I'm just going to share a couple of coping mechanisms that I learned from both of them and from the other therapist that I saw uh uh prior to like um Dr. Heike and um Dr. I never changed psychiatrist Dr. Lewis is the only one that I so I think the only one really in Blanta unless um I I I I am open to correction but I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's the only one in 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 Blanta at the moment um that I had access to there could be others that I do not know about but I am pretty positive she's the only one that uh uh I you you can see in Blanta so um she 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 like just schooled me on um you know healthy sleeping patterns and like exercise she she told me uh that if i just exercise as much as possible not that it will make everything go away because i mean just you just don't wake up and like oh i'm not depressed i'm i don't i don't have depression anymore you know um but it helps you cope you know it it helps you function like better especially for me i used to be on medication but i am not on medication anymore and like the coping mechanisms i use are that i i exercise quite a lot now i go to the gym twice a day because i also struggle with insomnia so i need to trick my body into believing that we're extremely tired we just have to pass out so like i go to the gym every morning at like 5 a.m. Uh, I work out for about 1 hour 15 minutes in the morning and um sometimes 1 hour 30 minutes or 2 hours depending on how I'm feeling that day depending on how much work I want to put in which I am learning as I continue to do it every day that I want to put in as much work as possible so that I can exhaust myself as much as possible so I can sleep um and also I work out in the afternoon I go I go to the gym around 4 and I work out between 4 and and 6 I work out from like 4 to 6 and uh that that really helps to put my mind at rest and also i feel good about myself and like one thing i've learned is if when you feel good about yourself um it's very easy to then you know uh process and like deal with um you know uh the your emotions and like you know the things that uh, that get thrown at you like anxiety and what not i also like have this healthy it's a very healthy habit of meditating um i used to mm-hmm. meditate a lot more back then but i don't meditate as much but i have learned that every every time i just you know spend some alone time like meditating it 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 helps me process things better it helps me you know receive news better it helps me um stay sane and like also prayer has been like a very important uh important um element of my life of my mental health journey uh whereby i have just you know seen god tremendously just you know come through for me and like just help me through like my emotions and like help me process and and deal with my anxiety so um yeah because also the majority of my panic attacks happened at a church uh my old uh, church that I used to go to when I was when I was back home at flood like <clears throat> I think everybody they just just saw me like panic all the time <laughs> like so yeah okay. is the yeah. reason why it happened at church um I think because for for like for the first time not not necessarily for the first time but um flood is a very loving community and like very kind and like compassionate and like graceful people and um mm-hmm. that was very new for me you know and i've i've always been loved in my life but i just didn't believe i was loved you know i just i i i i just didn't know how to take that love you know when i was at flood i was learning to be accepting that people can love you you know and you need to accept and blossom and like flourish in that love you know so just that transition like it was it's it's scary you know love is scary you know and being able to let people in it's 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 scary it's it's not easy so i think that's that's what um kind of was causing the panic attacks but also just learning to pray because I was someone who actually didn't believe God cared about anyone and just you know just coming into that just learning about God and like just being able to learn to trust him and you know that kind of thing like also made made um made it, it was hard for me to process it was it was a very very difficult thing for me to process I feel like we've been recording for the longest time. <laughs> and, and, yeah, no, that you shared a lot. I was about yeah. to say your your insights are just 
mind-blowing yeah because it's it's an actual you're taking us into your mind you know yeah. and and just how you deal and i think it's so important for us to to know what it actually looks like not yeah. to just read the literature not to just read statistics we need to know what it actually means yeah um for someone that's gone through something like this um something like this and and how you can actually heal past it yeah and um i just wanted to like um not quickly because when i say quickly it's like oh hurry up my i need you to share this you touched on mm-hmm. your struggle with uh with substance abuse i just i just wanted you to like you know share like just given a little more insight because i also know that uh substance abuse has also led to uh people succumbing to suicide and like it basically mm. leaves a lot of people disabled in the sense that they can't provide for their families they can't you know function on a day-to-day basis they lose their jobs and you, you lose your job you can't provide for your family you lose your sense of purpose and like you know as as we're learning that uh sometimes losing your sense of purpose and like uh not feeling like you're able to do the things that you were able to do before you know before you started struggling with uh substance abuse can can lead to like um you know depression and like severe anxiety and just just a whole lot of terrible things could happen you know in that context exactly. so i just i just wanted you yeah. to share like your not not your entire journey because like cuz we're doing this entire season season 3 so mm-hmm. um, we can like tap into that like some more like as we as we proceed as we go forward but like you know just to share like where you're at right now and like like also like i shared my coping mechanisms like what what you know brought you out of it you know what made you say okay this is me i'm choosing different okay um oof <laughs> it is a long one it's um a pretty pretty long one there've been so many ups and downs but currently i will say um right now i'm on a path of sobriety um <clears throat> i'll just um I'll, i'll make it brief because like you said we're doing the rest of the the season together and that will give an opportunity for me to share in more detail and just to also kind of stay on topic um for this particular podcast but i started um drinking alcohol as an actual drinking when i moved back to malawi after after i finished university so after my masters mm-hmm. so that was in about 20 2013ish 2012 2013 i started mm-hmm. drinking and it's initially it started as oh okay this is what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. um so this is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. um and it was the lifestyle that i kind of came back into if that came into when i moved back yeah. also because it made me feel more socially confident because when i came back i was very socially anxious i had been away for mm-hmm. years um I, i was out of school i i left malawi when i was um 11 for mm-hmm. high school and i was re- that was in 1999 mm-hmm. and i was returning in about 2013 like i said 2012 2013 so yeah. when i came back it was that sort of thing where it's like i'm fitting back in and this is what we do and it's helping me you know it it was kind of subduing my shyness mm-hmm. and it was making me the social butterfly i really wanted to be and it went down like it yeah. was absolutely amazing yeah. i loved it in the beginning yeah. i'm not glorifying this but i'm just telling you my feelings yeah. Yeah. and how i viewed it at the time mm-hmm. um and then because it, it it's not like it just started bang like alcohol abuse no it yeah. started it's it was gradual mm-hmm. and you know it started with drinks here and there and then it moved to oh she's the life of the party then it moved to she's the party girl then it moved to damn what is going on you mm-hmm. know like what is happening why are you drinking like that and um initially when i saw that here there's a problem mm-hmm. i reached out um i spoke to my parents and initially my parents were like you just need to change your friends you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and i mean i i suppose that's you know maybe that but that thing of denial or yeah. i don't know you know but that was mm-hmm. their response anyway mm-hmm. so i went back and i thought okay fine let me just 
you know, stay on the low. And I did for some time. Then I went through a breakup and then boom, I was back at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was crazy. You know, it, it, it's like it was even worse now. Yeah. And then I, I stopped again um, when I moved. The details as to why and everything, I'll share at a later stage like I said but um, I moved oh in between here for me to stop again now I saw a therapist um, so that was the first time now that I, I actually got into into that into the system in terms of therapy and seeing seeing somebody to kind of talk me through what was going on and the reasons why mm-hmm. and the insights that I started getting and I would really love to share my experience with therapy because I learned so much, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I would love to still actually see a therapist. Things are things are very stable in my life at the moment, but I believe in therapy so much. It's not that you need it just when things are going badly or when you're in crisis, but I feel like it's such an important tool when you're trying to discover um, who you are, you yes. know, when you're trying to just, yeah, just so that you, 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 get the best version of you in life and figure out how experiences have shaped you, how they'll continue to shape you just for your own well-being in life. So anyway, I, that's when I saw a therapist, then I stopped for a bit. Um, and then I moved away and then I came back and then I, I started drinking again and, you know, it's been up and down. And then I fell pregnant in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to stop drinking. Um, but for me to stop drinking then, like, I I was just like, man, is this really, do I really have to stop? You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I mean, that with pregnancy, you have to stop drinking. Yeah. So then um, that kind of helped for um, with everything for a bit. And I, I was... I was excited about that because I'm like, oh, new party, new this, new that. Mm-hmm. And then um, after my son was born and everything, then I drank about three or four times. Um, mm-hmm. And each time was horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible in the sense that I felt the self-loathing again. Mm-hmm. I felt, uh, because obviously I'm, I'm a problem drinker. I don't drink well. I don't have a good relationship with alcohol. So yeah. every time I would drink, I would feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um because I know that one, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And two, it affects me so deeply mm-hmm. as into my core. Because in my core, I now believe that it's not for me. Because I'm not drinking for pleasure or yeah. anything of the sort. I'm yeah. drinking to mark things. And I think when I did have those drinks then, it was, um, damn, motherhood is hard. Let me just take a little, let me de-stress. Because that yeah. was the only way I I knew, you know, mm-hmm. Um but obviously it didn't work because I, I have a little child. So it, it didn't work. It, it, it wasn't something that was sustainable. Yeah. It was only then when, okay, you know, he's getting a little bit older and all of that. Now I actually have, I've got a bit more time on my hands. So I have to actually face myself. Mm-hmm. Now I can't drink. And thank God I don't have any cravings. I thank God for that because that, I don't know how I would have managed. This is just my reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I now have to face myself. There'll mm. be times when I, when certain things will happen and I'll realize like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. Back in the day, this is when I would have been triggered to go and drink. Yeah. This is when I would have been triggered to mask these emotions. Mm. And it's during this time now, all those lessons and everything that, that I had kind of learned, but maybe not put into practice through therapy, etc., that I'm utilizing now. Yeah. Um, I thank God um, that things never went down um, a, a different and darker path, but there were times that I would get into very deep depression and my anxiety would really, really flare up because I didn't know how to handle myself because alcohol was like a crutch. I didn't have to drink every day, but it was drinking when, when I was triggered in a certain way. And I just want to say it wasn't even just triggered in a, in a negative way. Maybe something good would happen and it'd be like, let me celebrate. Yeah. But, you know, I had to learn how to manage my emotions, my happiness and my sadness. So that's where I'm currently at. I think I'll leave it at that for now. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, 
wow, that that is a lot, and you must be really really proud of yourself from uh, for like all the work that you've done, and to like you know be at a place where you can actually be able to share and and talk about it. I I do not take your vulnerability for granted, and I'm sure the audience does not take your vulnerability for granted. I would definitely love to to like dive some more into you know into your story and just you know how you navigated everything because there there is like a growing um problem of people with um substance abuse like especially among the youth and like it's a conversation mm-hmm. that I would like to have and um and um I think it's going to be um a lot more insightful because you're speaking from a place of experience and and that makes it even more insightful and being repetitive uh so thank you, thank you so much why for sharing and like i am so glad you're that you're not in that space anymore and like you and i can sit here and talk and judging from the conversations that we have outside of this podcast i know that you and i are not going to stop recording so we actually, we actually have to stop recording because we can't make this any longer than it already is um what are the last few things that you'd like to say because i know like we just touched on so many things and um i think um in in one way in 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 many ways than one we're able to like we have been able to create hope through action by just sharing and just by normalizing these conversations and i hope we can continue to do that and like i hope a lot more other people can you know come on board or like you know do it on their own by you know starting and continuing these conversations um is there anything that you'd like to say before before you and i can say bye <laughs> Um I just want to say that I want to thank you again for your vulnerability because I've never actually had a conversation with with someone that's shared openly about the experience um with this with with suicide mm-hmm. um the way in which you have because when we talk about mental health where you know yes we talk about normalizing conversations surrounding mm-hmm. mental health etc mm-hmm. but we normally we normally veer on 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 the conversations such as self self care and you know green juices mm-hmm. and bubble baths and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing but the real mental health comes down to talking about issues i mean obviously it includes that but it comes down to talking about issues such as suicidal attempts and mm-hmm. and blackouts this is something i read as well mm-hmm. um and and it's really raw conversations like this so i want to thank you because it's so important you've opened my eyes to so much for your vulnerability and for for the platform for normalizing these conversations honestly it's been so refreshing and such a breath of fresh air oh man bless you i hope you and i can continue to dissect growing pains in your own words <laughs> and, and, and 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 thank you so much my for like you know just coming on and like you know um sharing this journey with me and you know like wanting to do this work that is extremely important with me and um i don't take this for granted and like i'm looking forward to like the next couple of conversations and um absolutely love the chemistry and um i hope that um those that are listening can uh learn a thing or two about uh, compassion about vulnerability and about the struggles that people face on a day-to-day basis because you know like if you're just looking at people like i'm 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 cuz i cuz we're we're recording this on zoom i'm looking at your picture like i i can't i not even for a minute you know would i think oh this this girl is struggling because you know we're just seeing people at face value and not really seeing people so thank you like in yeah. all the conversations that we've had prior to this one you've really been seeing me and like thank you so much for truly truly seeing me i i really appreciate mm-hmm. that you're welcome and thank you yeah so guys we're going to sign off because like i said my and i can talk for hours and <laughs> not want to put a stop to this so um like i said we were talking i mean this 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 episode 
uh, is dedicated to World Suicide Prevention Day, which is which is on the 10th of September, and that's the day that this episode is going to is dropping. Really, not is going to drop because that's the day that we're going to put it out. That's the day that's going to come out. And I just wanted to like just quickly um, share a couple of numbers and a, cu- a couple of places that that offer help uh my do you do you mind sharing uh places uh in the southern region and um yeah just a couple of places yeah. in the southern region and like numbers people that people can call and like i also know that there's there's a couple of mental health specialists that have been providing free psychological help i don't think i have that list right now but in the next episode we'll be sure to provide that um please go ahead and share the numbers for the southern region Okay, for for the southern region, I'm just going to share one number at the moment, and then maybe next time we can provide the rest of them. But yeah. um, southern region, you can contact somebody from Waiwatu Private Hospital on the following number: zero one six eight six nine four six. Um, and then for the eastern region, mm-hmm. there's Tilinao that you can contact, who is a counselor, mm-hmm. and that number is zero eight eight. Mm-hmm. 5795906 awesome um let me also just quickly add to add on to what you shared from the southern region um college of medicine clinic because that's that's where before after my watu i started going to college of medicine clinic because it was closer for me uh closer for me to work um that's 0880022 Eight four. That's College of Medicine Clinic. I know they changed their name to something else. Um, I'm not sure what the name is, but uh, I, I will definitely find out so that next week I actually have like the new name for College of Medicine Clinic. And also, I would like to share a number from the Central Region. We have. I'm just going to share one from um, Friends of Hope, uh, and the number is zero double nine. Four seven eight one zero four four. I'm going to repeat that number zero double nine four seven eight one zero four four. And um, yeah, that that has been all from us. I hope um, going forward, people are more compassionate. I hope we're more compassionate as we're learning and unlearning the bad habits surrounding, uh, you know, stigmatizing or I'm trying to find what's a better word, my because I remember we had a conversation surrounding not using the word stigma anymore because then it just perpetuate um, the stigma. Yeah, it does, it does. It's I find it's better to say we're raising awareness on mental health issues as oh. opposed to saying um we're we're trying to reduce the stigma because that perpetuates it. So raising awareness on mental health issues. Yeah. What might I say? <laughs> Raising awareness on mental health issues. And as you all know, the Little Mental Health Project believes that open vulnerability is healing. And uh, from my and I, um, see you next time. You're going to have to mm. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.